Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And that's how we ended up with over half a million in sales in oh year God. one. And I started with no money. Literally, I had no savings. I had already cashed out my 401k previously. Wow. Okay. So there was no like backup. I don't own a home. I don't own a car. And I started anyway. And I really want people to know that because the thing about starting, it doesn't start with the money. It starts with the vision. What are you trying to build and really doing your homework? Like what else is out there? None of us exist in the silo. So I use my Amex. I asked for payment plans for my <laughs> designer. And that is how I have built this. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Imagine living the lifestyle you've always dreamed because of a blog. Blogging made it possible for me to walk away from my 9 to 5 at age 36 now I earn over $100,000 a year in passive income, and I'm ready to show you how to do the same. My signature course, the Jumpstart Your Blog Bootcamp, is enrolling soon. In the course, I'm going to teach you how to turn your passion into a profitable blog that helps you earn from anywhere. Even if you're clueless about tech, you've never built a website before, and you're convinced that nobody's actually going to care about what you're writing about. See, this is the thing. 
I didn't actually believe that you could make money from anywhere doing something that you love until it became my reality. I've perfected the art of blogging over the last nine years and because of it, I was able to walk away from my corporate career at the age of 36. I dreamed of having a location independent lifestyle that would allow me to earn money from anywhere in the world and that's exactly what ended up happening but it didn't come without a lot of mistakes, a lot of burnout and honestly a lot of wasted time. So I said to myself, you know, if I could do this all over again, what would you do differently? And that's exactly how I've built my course. If you've ever told yourself, oh, well, I'd love to start a blog, but I have no technical skills, so there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I'm a busy parent and have a nine to five. I don't have time or I don't know how to narrow down a niche. I love all the things or maybe even isn't blogging dead. I feel like it's too late to do this. (laughs) I promise you what's actually holding you back is you're probably afraid to put yourself out there and you don't think anyone will care about your content. You're afraid of failing, investing your dreams, and putting your voice out there. You're afraid of doing things wrong and wasting time and money. And those questions and fears are common, but they're stopping you in your tracks. What if you never launch your blog? Your message deserves to be shared. You can help people by using your blog to share the expertise you've learned along the way, and you can get paid for it. The Jumpstart Your Blog Bootcamp is enrolling soon. Join the waitlist by heading over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash blog waitlist, and I'll see you soon. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Sandra, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. I am pumped. I love your podcast, so I'm happy to be on here. Thank you so, so much. I feel like I found out about your story sometime in the pandemic, which is when you launched your business. Is that correct? Yes, I am a pandemic business. Yes, I launched in November 2020. Oh, okay. Perfect timing, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Great start. Great time to start a business. Yeah, I've spoken to a lot of people who... For some reason, 2020 was like this year where we just decided that we were going to do something different. And so I'd love to get to know the backstory before you became a business owner, because from what I've read, this was not always part of the plan. It was never part of the plan. I would, <laughs> if you had told me this 10 years ago, I'd been like, you're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> so let's dive so, into your backstory. Tell me you know, what the original plan was and how this metamorphosized into you becoming a really successful business owner. To be honest with you, I decided to become an entrepreneur because I was in this moment in my life where I really felt like my back was up against the wall. And if I did not 
make a change and take control, nothing was going to actually change. Like the answer was not going to be get another job or get another side hustle or that's not going to pay me enough. I live in New York. It's really expensive to live here. I have a <laughs> child. I have a teenager. She needs a lot of pizza and makeup, you know? So, <laughs> so it was almost out of, I don't want to say desperation, but it was almost like this moment, this lightning bolt moment of self-responsibility. Like, okay, you know what, Sandra? It's on you now. Enough of this. You know, I was in my mid 40s. I was in between jobs. Here I am. I'm still like, why do I still have student loans? Why do I still have credit card debt? Why am I still not making enough to survive in this city? And so I just had this lightning bolt of an idea when I was visiting my parents in San Diego, where I'm from. And it really felt like a calling, like mm. it felt like a responsibility, like because a calling sounds very romantic, but it felt like a responsibility. And I say that because I really felt like, okay, now that I have this idea to create this Latina, like high-end Latina bath and body brand, if I don't do it, someone else is going to come and do it badly, like Johnson & Johnson, you know? <laughs> and so I really felt like a responsibility, like I am authentic. This is my story. This is my culture. And I have the experience now from working for other brands to understand how sales works, understanding marketing and branding. And I was a musician for 15 years, which is what I thought I was going to do for my whole life. So I had had a lot of experience in putting myself out there, being courageous, people saying no to me. That's kind of how I started. But, you know, I guess to answer your question, I thought I was going to be a musician. That's mm -hmm. why I thought I was on earth. <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's do uh, some time travel and go back into your childhood. I'm curious what your money story is, right? I think a lot of us have these subconscious beliefs that show up as we become adults and when we're interacting with the world and making money and trying to figure out what we're going to do with our lives. So you talked about the fact that you were planning on being a musician. So where did that come from? I was actually forced to take piano lessons at the age of five, I think, because my <laughs> both of my parents who are immigrants, right, they never had that. So I think for them, it was like, we're going to give our children this opportunity to take a music lesson. And of course, looking back, I'm so grateful, right, because no one is mad that they know how to play the piano. No one is mad that they know how to speak Spanish or anything that their parents forced them to do. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I was forced as a, as a five-year-old. And But I kept doing it, and eventually I learned how to play guitar, and that just became my favorite thing to do was just play music with my friends. And then eventually I became a band leader and then I turned it into a business, right? So I have this habit of having this like passion and then turning it into a business and then it becomes work. But it just felt like that's who I was. I'm sure everyone out there has had that moment in their life where they're like, oh, this is why I'm on earth. This is what I'm good at. I should just do this. And But music is tough. The money is inconsistent. Yeah. I've had a lot of great opportunities. Like my music has been on Breaking Bad. It's been on the Travel Channel. It's been in Spike Lee's She's got to have it, but that's really inconsistent, right? So it's tough. So, you know, living in New York, I've always had to have a day job for health insurance. So I always picked like an easy kind of day job that didn't drain my energy so that I could focus on music. So that's why I worked at a school for so long because I had summer vacation, month off for Christmas, spring break, and that's when I would tour. Okay. So that's how I had set up my life. Got it. So you were doing the passion project on the side while also working a normal corporate job to pay your bills. Correct. A lot of people can identify with. Yes, correct. So one thing that I think is interesting is that you actually have worked in the consumer products field for a while before you actually decided yeah. to launch your own product. So how did you fall into that? That was completely by accident as well. <laughs> so that was someone just asked me one day, like, hey, my family's going to start this beverage business, a CPG brand. Can you come and help? Right. And I think because they saw that I was good at logistics and good at planning. And so it was really just 
didn't know anyone else. So I guess I would just happen to be, it was really just timing. And so I was like, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to get out of the office and go work from home and have like an even more flexible life. But it ended up being so hard, but such a great learning experience because CPG is really, really rough, especially the beverage industry is probably one of the hardest categories that you could launch into. It's just dominated by all the legacy brands that are taking up all the shelf space. So I learned a lot about the industry through that. And then that led me to another CPG job. So then I worked for three other brands after that. Because, you know, once you get experience in something, then you can go do it again for someone else. So I did that, but also not thinking that that was, it was not my passion, right? It was like, okay, now this is just this new skill set that I have, and now I can work from home. So I felt like I had kind of taken my life up a notch because I was no longer having to commute into Manhattan every day for an hour and a half and ride three trains. And now I was able to roam freely, but it still was, in my mind, like temporary. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just the skills that pay the bills. <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So I'm curious about the origin story about Nopalera. So you you mentioned that it was inspired by a trip that you went back to your family home in San Diego. So what were the initial thoughts that you had around like, how am I actually going to start this business? Yes, because I was unemployed, right, which is stressful, but that's also what allowed me to think, right? Because I had mind space and because it was summer. So I was taking my daughter to visit her grandparents and I was like, we're going to get crafty this summer. We're going to learn how to make stuff. I don't know why I just decided that. And this was really like for me and my daughter to do, right? I was like, we're going to make oils and we're going to make our own lotion bars and I'm going to learn how to make soap. So it started with soap making was like the gateway drug, right? So I started to learn how to make soap and some of the recipes called for aloe vera. And I'm like, I don't have any aloe vera, but oh, look in my parents' front yard, there's a bunch of nopales because everyone has nopales, you know, Uh in SoCal. So I just used that instead because it was there. And then that's kind of when the light bulb went off. Like, how come no one has done this before? Like, nopales are so abundant and it's so Mexican. Like, it doesn't get any more Mexican than the nopal. (laughs) And that's when the lightning bolt hit me. Like, okay, there's an opportunity here. There's a sustainability story here. There's a culture story here. There's a market gap here that I could fill. Because again, I, as a consumer love to see brands that are really celebrating their culture in their branding. Like I was a fan of like Alafia, Nubian Heritage, Shea Moisture. And I'm like, where's the Latino version of that? I don't Mm. understand. There's more of us here. (laughs) So that is when I was like, I can fill that space. I have some of the skills, right, to be able to do this. And I know other people that can help me fill in the gaps. So it was really like that coming together. And it was very quick. Like I didn't mull over the idea. I didn't have a list of other names. It was like, I just sat at the table at my parents' house. I was, I'm going to start this beauty brand. It's going to be called Nopalena. They were like, okay, pass the salt. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Good luck with that, you know? So that's really how it happened. It happened very quickly. And I immediately just like went to my laptop, bought the URL, registered the LLC, and just started to build in the quiet. Because as you know, like you build when no one is applauding, there is no money, no (laughs) one cares, no one's supporting you. And if you tell people, they're like, what? Like no one gets it. So you have to have the fortitude to make it through that first building phase when you're like in the ground digging the ditch and like no one can see you. But you're like, just wait, there's going to be a mansion right here. Just wait. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I can so resonate with that. Right. And I think one of the big blocks, if you will, that I encounter a lot with people who are thinking about starting their own business is the fear of making that initial investment without the guaranteed return. So how did you do that when you were 
unemployed and you didn't know if this shit was going to work unemployed and in debt okay Okay. so like literally like could it be any worse time to to start a business and And there's a pandemic hello and there's a pandemic and i'm 43 right and i have a child right so what i always tell people is like if you're going to wait to have the money to start you're never going to start because yes is it unfair that some people have money to start okay sure but like let's not focus on that because how is that helping you let's just focus on what we can do and it starts first of all with allowing yourself to even have a vision in the first place you have to be able to have an idea and a vision that something else is possible than what you currently see in front of you and that is something that we need to allow ourselves like no one's going to give you that permission no one's going to knock on your door and tell mm-hmm. you like, hey, dream big. Like you have to have that courage first. And I started with no money. Jenny's like, literally what I say, like I had no savings. <laughs> I had, I had already cashed out my 401k like oh, previously. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so there was no like backup. I don't own a home. I don't own a car. And I started anyway. And I really want people to know that because the thing about starting, it doesn't start with the money. It starts with the vision. Mm. What are you trying to build and really doing your homework? Like what else is out there? We don't, none of us exist in a silo. So I use my Amex. I asked for payment plans for my designer. (laughs) And that is how I have built this. And that's how we ended up with over half a million in sales in year one, right? In 2021 and got into all of our dream retailers. But it started with no money and it started with the vision and really beginning with the end in mind. Where do I want this product to live? Who is this for? Why do they need it? Why should anyone care? You have to answer all of those tough questions in the beginning. Mm. Mm. I'm getting goosebumps listening to your story because honestly, (laughs) like, I think one of the things that makes me so sad is this belief that so many people have that it's like too late. Like if they haven't figured Mm. it out by the time they're 22, like that's it. Your fucking (laughs) life is over. God forbid you start a business after 30 and here you are like in your 40s. Yes starting what is going to be a multi-million dollar business if it's not already. And it's just like giving yourself permission to like redesign your entire life, regardless of what age you're at, I think is something that so many of us need to do. So what advice would you have for folks that really do believe like it's too late? Yes. Well, first of all, it's not, it's not too late, but I think the advice is, I mean, I also think that I was blessed with like a stubbornness. Mm, (laughs) And I don't even, I don't even think I can take, (laughs) I don't even want to take credit for it because I literally have been like this way since I was a child, you know, like I'm going to do it anyway. And my poor parents, right. (laughs) But same. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you have to let go of like what other people are thinking and what society wants from you, what your parents want from you. And one of the most important things, honestly, is, and this is tough, is to surround yourself with people that are also doing great things and building Mm. great things. And that are, just elated to support you and to help you grow. And you're going to help each other. The short version is like, find a new squad, go get in different rooms, go to different places where different people with different bank accounts Mm. (laughs) hang out and put yourself in those rooms, put yourself in the situations. And that might mean like you need to move. It might mean you need to like literally go get some new friends. And that's another thing that I think a lot of people think is not possible when you're older, right? Because a lot of us hang on to our friends from our childhood. Listen, I have friends that I've been friends with since first grade, but I also have new friends that I have met like this year in my Mm -hmm. 40s. And these are the people that I talk to every day now because we are all building our own businesses and we are all striving for, you know, seven, eight, nine figure businesses. And we normalize that. And when you hang out with people, you have to change your environment. And so a lot of us end up becoming just products of our environment because it's so difficult to see outside of our bubble, right? If everyone around you makes $40,000 a year and is married and has three kids, like that's probably what you're going to end up doing. Yeah. 
That's such an important message. And I think what happens to a lot of us is this lack of representation ends up becoming like an internalized belief of that caps off where we think we can actually achieve. Yes, it's so true. It's so true. And I'm just here to tell you that there's so much out there. There is so much money in the world. There are people that have so much money that they're like, I don't even know where to invest it. Do you know? Yeah, they're buying Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There is so much money in the world. And I also think that for us, right, like especially in in the Latino community, and I see this a lot, is that we have also this fear of somehow we're going to be disconnected from our roots if we succeed. Ooh. Ooh. Like, can you still be Jenny from the block, Janice, if you like become rich? <sighs> Shook. Okay, because I've had that fucking conversation with myself so many times. <laughs> I'm in therapy trying to answer that oh. question, okay? It's real. The struggle is real because it's almost yeah. like, do we become unrelatable by becoming successful? Yes. Yes. And people are really saying is like, do you become white? Like, are you no longer connected mm. to your roots? Mm. Are you no longer like your mother's daughter? Are you no longer, can you no longer hang out with your cousins because now you make five times more money than them? And that's garbage. We need to stop that narrative that somehow we cannot be like humble and like good to our communities and still connected to our roots and somehow be ma- like wildly successful. Okay, let's dive into that, please, because yes. this is like the existential question that I'm trying to answer a new book that I'm planning to write because we need to have the conversation. And it's funny that you said Jenny from the block, because literally like one of the titles of one of the chapters is going to be like when Jenny from the block becomes Jenny with the bag, because it's like, how do our identities shift? And do we still have permission to call ourselves from the block, from the hood when we made it out? And it's just like, yo, that's a part of the fucking journey. Like you wouldn't be who you are without that come up story. That's why you strived. Right. (laughs) Because you were like, I hate this block. Okay. We, sucks. we don't need to separate them. It's all a holistic part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this idea that somehow we have to other ourselves in order to achieve success or that that will inherently happen, right? Like mm-hmm. this idea where we equate wealth with whiteness, mm-hmm. I have found that completely bullshit because both of the businesses that I've started have leaned in 1000% to my identity as a Latina. And I yeah. truly firmly believe that that has been why I've been successful. And I'm sure you feel the same way because you are unapologetic about what you represent. Yes. So let's talk about that. Yes. And listen, you know, it's not to say that white people or people from Southeast Asia can't enjoy my products, right? It's not like you have to be this to buy my product, but you have to know who you're speaking to right? And I've created my product for a very specific reason to fill a very specific gap. I call it the brown space opportunity, Janice, Mm. right? Because people in business are always like the white space opportunity. I'm like, you know what? It's the brown space. Okay. (laughs) That's what y'all are leaving the money on the table is at the brown space opportunity. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like people like you, people like me, we're going to be the people that other people look up to. I mean, they already are, right? Like you have a massive following. I'm following you, right? Like I, we need people (laughs) like you who are out here just showing like what is possible to really just, again, like shatter this narrative, this belief that we cannot be true to ourselves and also somehow grow because the whole thing is about growth. Mm-hmm. I want to grow. I want to hang out with other people that have growth mindsets as well, right? That's like my new squad is all about growth. We don't get together and just talk about, complain about work and just like how everything is the same and like, that's boring, you know, and I've been there, right? And that means that there's other people in my life that I don't really want to hang out with anymore because that's what they do. They just want to talk about how like, oh, work is crazy. It's just like the same old, same old. Mm -hmm. So we need people like you and like me who are really showing people what is possible because the whole point is 
we want the privilege, right? Like privilege gets a bad rap. We hear it a lot in the context of like white privilege or like Mm -hmm. check your privilege. Like it's a bad thing. No, I want my daughter not to know what the hell overdraft fees are in Mm -hmm. her bank account. Okay. If my parents need something for me when they're 85, I want to be able to like pay for that in cash. Okay. I want to be able to give grants to other Latin entrepreneurs. To me, that's like my milestone of success. And I can't do that if I'm just like scraping by and like staying down to the ground and like staying down. And so it's like, think bigger outside of yourself. It's actually more selfish, in my opinion, to be like, let me just have a small little business. Mm. Right. And people twist it. Like they think like, who are, you're being greedy if you're like building an empire and that you're going to sell it one day. Don't even get me started on that whole concept of like <laughs> this concept of like selling out. That is not a thing. Mm. <laughs> okay. You, no one gets to decide if I sell out. No one gets to decide if I'm Latina enough. No one gets to decide any of that except for me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Facts. Okay, I don't know if y'all realize this, but we're actually going to church in this episode, okay? Because I'm here for it. Let's have another conversation that I think needs to be had because your products are premium. They are expensive. Like I remember, you know, we used to buy soap at the dollar store. You're charging $14 Mm -hmm. for a bar of soap. Mm -hmm. So have Mm -hmm. you gotten the pushback? ¿Quién te crees? charging Mm -hmm. these prices. Absolutely. How can you be about the community if you're going to charge these prices? And how do you respond to that? Yes. And I found this note that I wrote to myself, Denise, that like before I launched, I wrote a note to myself, like just preparing myself, like people are going to complain and I am going to handle it with ease and grace. Yes. And the first part is true. The second part has not always been true because I'm I'm mad as hell that people think (laughs) that somehow we're not allowed to do this because to me, that really just reinforces 
white supremacy when you're like, the money is for white people. Like, what? No, you're out here marching in the street, like complaining about systemic oppression, but you want to stay broke? No, mm. we're going to go get this money. Okay. And how we do it is by not selling dollar bars of soap. Okay. <laughs> like, I am not uh, Procter & Gamble. I'm not S.C. Johnson. The reason that you have dollar soaps in the world is because those are massive, massive legacy corporations that have billions of dollars that make like billions of units at a time, right? Like the cereal aisle, the grocery store is all owned by the same company, right? right. So that's how they keep those prices down because literally the ingredients are all got the goddamn same. Mm -hmm. You know, they just change like the branding. So sorry, now I'm like ranting. What was the I, actual no, question? I for <laughs> how do you respond to critics oh, respond? of yeah. the pricing? I had a post go viral last year where someone like commented like Mexican made, but not Mexican prices. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh, okay, let me respond to this and let me try to be graceful. <laughs> so like I wrote like a tile post, I responded to them. And then I had like another post that like went viral that it was like, it was like made with Mexican hands does not equal cheap. And the thing is, is like for me specifically, when people come at me with that like haterade of like, who do you think you are? Like real Latinas can't afford that. I have had that said to me. Real Latinas oh, wow. can't afford that. Oh, really? Because re all real Latinas, first of all, are you representing all real Latinas? Mm. Are you like, who made you the spokesperson? And then <laughs> second of all, we're all supposed to be poor? Like, like shame on you, crabs in a barrel bringing us down and saying mm. that in order to be a real Latina, we have to stay broke. Like, what? What are we out here fighting for? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So, when people come at me with that bullshit, I really, now it reinforces why I'm doing this in the first place. Because I'm like, the fact that you think that is actually the problem. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you are the ones that are holding this fact that all Latinas have to make like cute, cheap, kitschy, crafty, like sell on Etsy only. Hell no. I'm at Nordstrom's. Okay. Yes. And at Credo Beauty and at Free People. And like, just wait, what's next? I don't know. Sephora, Ulta, like we're going there. Oh, you yes, know? you so are. Whenever people come at me with that, I'm just like, Thank you for reinforcing why I'm doing this in the first place, because that mentality is exactly why I exist. It is because people think, oh, if it's Latino, it should be cheaper. Oh, but let me go ahead and pay $5 for this croissant. No problem. Mm. But what? You want to charge $4 for this taco? Oh, who do you think you are? What? No, get out. Oh, I'm so here for it. Like, we really <laughs> need to stop having these terrible assumptions of what we have in our bank accounts. Like, I think it's just despicable. Like the fact yeah. that we're projecting this idea that we are only capable of this little bit. Yes. And that's all we deserve. Right. Mm. And it's like all linked into, you know, Latino culture is like very also like there's a lot of religious mentality in it too. Like I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school and it's like, you know, don't be greedy. You only take what you need. Like, you know, usa poquito porque es bendito, like whatever. And how is that helping us? It's sure not. It's sure not. I, you have much more power when you have an excess amount to give versus you trying to like pour out of a half empty cup. Listen, I am literally living for the day when I can give grants, like straight up, like not even invest, but like just take this money mm -hmm. and let me also give you some mentorship to tell you what to do with it so that you can build a business. Because really what it comes down to at the end of the day is I want women to have the financial power to leave to leave whatever it is, right? Your job, your relationship, your shitty neighborhood, your whatever, like, because I have not had that, right? I have been stuck, right? And because I was like, I can't leave. <laughs> I don't have money to move. I can't afford to like quit this job because I have no savings because I was always under earning. Yeah. And for so long, I under earned and I didn't even know it. Because again, it was like, oh, let me just be grateful for what I have. Like, oh, I'm so lucky I have a job that's so flexible, mm. you know. <laughs> and it's like, like we can't want more or like that as if we don't deserve more. Mm. Absolutely. 
Okay, let's talk about how you actually started putting yourself out there, right? Because I yeah. think there are a lot of people also would think to themselves, like, why the hell am I going to come out with a beauty line? There's already mm-hmm. so many. So yep. what's your thought process around building your brand and marketing yourself? Yeah. So the first piece of advice that I would give to people is, well, the first thing is you have to sit down and like write out, like, what is the vision? Like, what are we doing here? Who are we making this for? And where do we want it to sell? Like, that's if you're a product-based business, right? Like, are we trying to build a brand that we want to sell at Target? Because if so, it's going to be a different price point. If you want to build a brand that you want to sell at Sephora, it's going to be a different price point. So beginning with the end in mind, and then really like writing, like you're starting a religion, like write down what are your core values? What are your beliefs? What are the things that you say? And on the flip side, what are the things that you never say? Like I never say anything about anti-aging because that's not what I represent. I'm not here for that. No offense to anyone that's doing that. That's just not what we're about, right? Mm -hmm. So writing out basically your brand religion, what is it, right? And then starting to build a community first, even before you launch, So let's say you're a digital creator, like you can start getting people excited about a class you're going to teach even before you've written the damn class, right? So in my case, I started posting on Instagram and building an email list even before I had anything to sell so that when I launched, I had someone to sell it to. Mm. So I think building the community is one of the best decisions that I made early on because so many people build a brand and then they're like, okay, now let me go find the people who are going to like pay money for this. And then it's a little stressful because you've already spent money on the initial like branding and whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, where are these people? Who are they? Right. So I think those are the first two things. And then asking for help. There is no empire out there that is run by one person. (laughs) So anything that you have in your house, it was not created by just one person. I mean, maybe, right. But if it's like a small, like a candle brand that's local, maybe they're doing everything themselves. But in terms of scaling and becoming like a national or global brand, you cannot do it alone. So you can't be scared to ask for help. That means you have to let go of your ego, right? Mm. Easy said heard, than done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. And I just heard Arlen Hamilton speak and she said something that like made me fall on the floor. She was like, pride is not an asset. It's a liability. Ooh. I was like, damn. Yes. Yeah, that's facts. Because we're so prideful. We want to do it all ourselves. We don't want to ask for help. But listen, get really comfortable being like, hey, Janice, do you know anybody that knows anybody that knows how to build a website? Or do you know anybody that knows anybody that like is a designer or whatever you need? usually you will find the answer, but you have to ask. Yeah, I think a lot of that is like cultural baggage, especially like as women, we are just, we're supposed to be everything to everybody. And Mm -hmm. then we forget how to ask for help for ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. And so if you're a business owner, like I just hired an executive assistant and it's like changed my life. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how did I survive without you? (laughs) Literally, how did I survive without you? And I'm always like, oh my God, I was, I find myself still doing things where I'm like, wait, I don't need to do this. I can actually pass this off. And it's great. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's also really interesting that you are a mom and a business owner, because I think there's people who think, it's impossible Mm -hmm. to be a parent and also Mm -hmm. be a business creator and whatnot. So how did you navigate that responsibility and how did you balance? And I say this in air quotes because it's, you know, balance is not really a thing, but how did you make those things work? (laughs) Yes, I agree. Balance is not a thing. Mm -hmm. I believe in priorities. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that balance is a thing, except for when we're talking about like balanced meals or (laughs) give me some meat and some mashed potatoes. That's balance (laughs) for me. So, you know, to be honest, there was just a period of time where like I had to work like three jobs. And I knew that it was temporary. You know, it was like, I had to bring in some extra like hustles to help me pay off my credit card so that I could use my credit card again to build my brand. And at the same time, like with a child taking her to school, like having birthdays, having sleepovers. 
And so it does mean that like other things fall off, right? So it's like if my prior, if my priority is like I'm building my business and I'm taking care of my child, it means like I'm not going to concerts. I'm not hanging out like on the weekends. And I knew that it was temporary, right? And also children are growing, which means that like she has different needs now than she did then. Mm-hmm. Now my daughter is 14. So she's like, mom can have $20, bye. So it's great. But when you have little kids, right, that's definitely more challenging. So I think it depends, you know, how old your children are. But again, like going back to asking for help, can you take the child out to the for the playground for three hours? I need to like work on this business plan or branding or whatever, right? This class. So again, asking for help is really important. There's no easy answer. It really depends on your situation. Some people have family close by. Like I have no family here in New York. So I've always been used to like having to pay for babysitters or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I would just say like asking for help and then prioritizing. It's like a combo of those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also letting go of like house domestic shit. Oh, so yes, <laughs> I don't do my own laundry and I do not clean my own house and I do not cook my own meals. Hello. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And that's also really hard, right? Like for people in our community, like we grew up like watching our moms and our grandmothers do everything like, and I'm like, yeah, but they did that because they literally had no choice. Yeah. We're not trying to model that. We don't need to take everything from our ancestors and be exactly the same way. Mm. Right. It's also there. Our ancestors are there to show us like, Okay, that's one way. What can I take from that? And like now put on my own thing on top of it. And I live in New York. Everything is deliverable. Here. Okay. <laughs> I love my laundry. Also, there's no laundry in New York. Like no one has laundry in their house, yeah. in their apartments, right? So everything is like pickup. And you know, it feels like if anyone out there is like, yeah, but it's so expensive to do that. Okay, but your time is also worth so much, right? So it's like we spend money to buy back our time so that you can focus and actually build and make more money. Yeah, You know, and I, imagine if I was like spending my weekends doing laundry. Oh, hell no. No, you, you'd be better off figuring out a way to add another way to make money so yeah. that you can pay for the shit that you need to help you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think it's always fun to celebrate the wins that we have in business and when you see people growing. But I know there's had to have been moments where you were just like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why can't I just go back to a normal life? Because this is way too much. Talk yes. about those struggles and how you've moved yes. past that. <laughs> yes. And I think it's so, I'm so glad you asked that because it's so important to talk about the valleys because, you know, Instagram, we just show like, oh, look, uh, you know, this magazine and this win and this, you know, whatever, this retailer. But it is entrepreneurship is lonely. People think like I'm working on marketing all day long. And I'm like, I am staring at spreadsheets. Like literally before (laughs) I jumped on this podcast, I was looking at my financial model. And so there's a lot of really like lonely moments, you know, and also cash flow panic moments, you know, because especially as a product based business, and we're still in this like COVID world supply chain madness, ingredient prices have doubled and shipping prices have like increased, you know, 300%. And it's rough. And now like my operating expenses have gone up, which means like I need the sales to also go up too, right? Otherwise, we're going to be in the negative. So it's a constant, like I am not chilling, right? I want everyone to understand that like you can be in Nordstrom and Credo and Whole Foods and free people and have 300 boutiques and have employees with W-2s and 401ks and still be panicking, (laughs) right? About like the cash flow, about like, crap, how are we going to pay this bill? And working capital loans have allowed me to get to this point, right? So I want to be clear that when I say like, I started with no money, at some point I had to borrow money. You have to front the cost for the inventory in advance before you go and sell it and make the money. Yeah, I think cash flow is like a constant theme. And so really it's about like managing your response, to what's happening. I think that that's the thing that I'm personally working on, right? Like 
this is happening. What am I going to do today about it? There's only so much you can do in a day. And panicking actually is not helpful. Yeah. So if you're going to panic, okay, notice like, okay, I'm panicking. I feel scared. Okay, what am I going to do about it? Like, let's take an action. You know, do I need to fix something on my website? Do I need to offer a free gift with purchase? Am I sending another email blast? Like, what do I need to do? It's a constant daily thing. It's mm-hmm. not like you reach a certain milestone and now like you don't have to think anymore. No. I promise y'all. It never, the fear never goes away. And I think what also never goes away is the idea that like, oh shit, this is the last win I'm going to have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and listen, I am so familiar with that feeling because I used to feel that way when I was a musician, right? Mm. Like I would write an album and I'd be like, I don't know how I did that. I don't even know where those songs came from. That is the last album I'm ever going to write. There is no way in hell that I can ever do that again. And then I would, right? <laughs> and so as you get older, if you keep going, you will continue to have like more proof for yourself mm-hmm. that it only stops when you stop. Yeah. But yes, the top of one mountain is just the bottom of another, mm-hmm. right? So it's like last year I had other problems, right? And then this year I have new problems. <laughs> yes. We just become very good with adapting to whatever comes our way. Yes, exactly. I think it's a very powerful skill set. And I think once you learn how to make money as a business owner, like it's just a matter of harnessing that and using it for different things, right? Like this idea yes. that even if we were to lose it all and have to start from the beginning, like I already in my DNA have the toolkit. And yes. so like, yes. you don't need to worry about that shit because yes. you will figure yes. it out. Yes. And I love that you said that because it is so true. And I always have to remind myself of that. Like I have the power to print money. Mm. And that is actually one of the best feelings of being an entrepreneur. You <laughs> had an idea, you brought it into the world and now you are making money. And so you can do that again. You mm-hmm. can do it in different ways. Yeah. And that's the difference between having a day job where like someone else can cut the money off and then you're mm-hmm. like, oh crap, now where's the money going to come from you? So it's really this mentality of understanding that the money comes from you mm. and the money is not coming from outside. Right. Yeah. And I understand that security feeling of like, you have the steady paycheck, you work for the county, you work for the government and you feel like it's always going to be there. But yo, the pandemic taught us that, no, it's not always <laughs> going to be there. Absolutely. That is so true. Okay. One question that I know folks are going to want to ask you, so I will ask on their behalf is like, how do you know when you have exhausted an idea and it's just not the thing that's going to work? Well, every business idea has to have a customer. So you need to make sure that there is someone out there for this product, whether you are a coach, whether you are a soap maker, whatever it is, you need to make sure that there's a customer out there. And that also requires you to survey the land, right? Like this is what I mean by like competitive landscape analysis, which sounds like hella techy and boring, but it really just means like what else is out there, yeah. right? Who else is selling soap? Where are they selling their soap? What does the soap look like? Does it come in plastic? Do they use fragrance? Do they, is it natural? Like who are they marketing to? You're filling a niche. We need you. Like if there wasn't you, like there would be a massive gap, right? And someone else would have to come and fill that gap. Yeah. So if you don't have a customer for your product, you don't have something to sell Mm -hmm. (laughs) because at the end of the day, we all work in sales. Right. And so I think that that's the thing is, you know, before you go and make something before you have a prototype made or anything like really doing your homework and surveying the land to see what's out there. And then talking to people, is this something like you'd be interested in, or, you know, you have to kind of gauge. Mm -hmm. And related to that, how did you know that you were onto something? Like, was it the first sale? Was like it a message that you got? How did you get into your first store? Like, I'm curious about all that. Yeah. So, so how did I know that I was first onto something was actually just, this is like pre-launch, right? It was just 
me understanding how marketing and branding and sales worked, which is really helpful, right? Like that's definitely the thing that helped me a lot in building my brand. And so that was first, right? Like I really saw, I knew that it could work. Yeah. Right? So like when I had the idea, I wasn't like, oh, I don't know if this will work, but let me go ahead and like invest money I don't have <laughs> and see if it'll work. <laughs> I really was like, I know that this can work if I do it right, right? And so my first investment was into my branding because I knew if I'm building a beauty brand, beauty is aspirational. Okay. No one can see your ingredients. No one can see all of your labor. Like branding is about how it makes people feel. So I need this branding to work hard and to really communicate to people what this is about, what we're doing and give them a feeling. Right. So that was my first investment. And then in terms of once we nailed down the branding, which took nine months, by the way, this is not like I hired someone on Fiverr and who made me a logo in a month. Okay. This is like, <laughs> This is like packaging design and copywriting and like everything, you know. How much um, did you spend on that? If I can ask. Yeah, and total, it was like my branding and my website because it was all done at the same time. Yeah. I think it was I think it was like $8,000. And this is while you're unemployed. Yeah, and this is while I'm unemployed. <laughs> yes. But remember, I didn't have $8,000 or $9,000. I asked for a payment plan, mm. right? So I was like, can I pay you over the course of like five months? Okay. Right? And then it was like, okay, step two, get another side hustle to bring in this money to be able to pay this designer, yeah. right? So the hustle was real, but I knew that it was temporary. Like I just need to make it through this year, right? Like working these other jobs and like bringing in this like paycheck so that I can like continue to pay off my Amex and like pay for more things. So, and then once the branding was like solid, like I was like, okay, this is going to work. Right. And so as soon as I turned on my website, sales, a few sales came in, I got my first wholesale clients like in the first week. And that's because I had already started to post and build awareness before I launched, like at least three months before I launched. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't like, boom, all of a sudden. Like, like, yeah, on social. So like on Instagram, I focused on Instagram and I also focused on keeping the email list that I had been building up to date. Like, okay, I'm so excited to reveal, like, here's what it's going to look like. Here's what we're going to make and just keeping them in the loop, right? Because people forget if you don't talk to your email list, they're going to forget who you are and why they signed up. Right. <laughs> so you need to talk to your people. All right. So please collect email addresses and then actually talk to them. <laughs> and then from there, it just like snowballed, right? So I started in my house, Janice, right? Because I could not afford a manufacturing partner. So I was literally making all the products in my house. I was like, I'm going to start with a hundred soaps and like, we'll see how it goes. And then I was like, oh crap, like I need to make a lot more soaps. <laughs> So yeah, that's why I say like the first year was like panic in a good way because I was like, okay, it's working a, a little fast, a little too fast. <laughs> I need to like figure this out. I need to hire a you know production assistant. But the boutiques came to me because they saw me on socials. Mm. And you know now we live in this post iOS 14 update world where like ads are not working anymore. But mm -hmm. luckily for me, I launched when ads were working. So I started to run ads early on. So like again, like three months, four months, five, I think it was, I started advertising in May and I launched in November. So however many months that is, yeah. that's when I first started running targeted ads, like to specific cities, like where my customers lived. I was like, I know they're in Texas. I know they're in LA. I know they're in Chicago and running just very, very simple targeted ads and building the email list. That was one of the things that I also did right at the beginning. And that also had to do with knowing who you're talking to, right? Like, please don't just run an ad and send it to everybody because not everyone cares. <laughs> yes. You know, so talk to your people. Be very, very clear. It also helps to weed out the people that it's not for because you don't need people coming to complain to you like, why is this not Irish Spring? Fool, this is not supposed to be Irish Spring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, so 
Yeah, I started advertising really, really early on. And I was doing very like something small, like $10 a day. I might have boosted up to like $20 a day. And I took a Facebook ads class again, like investing in myself, taking a class like, how does this work? And I put that on my Amex. Like literally, I need to send like a thank you package to <laughs> Amex for helping me build my business. So yeah, so those are all the things that I did to help me get the accounts. Because people always ask me like, how did you get into wholesale? I'm like, they came to me. Mm. Okay, but how? Is there like a magic? No, the magic is that I spent a year working on a brand, right? I invested in branding and I started to build a community early on. That's yeah. the magic. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I'm going to put out like Amex, Nopalera collaboration vibes <laughs> yes, into the universe because yes. I think that needs to happen. Are and- you listening to Amex? <laughs> <laughs> they should be. Okay. So what advice would you give to someone who is ready to start their entrepreneurial journey, but is overwhelmed with where to start? Yes. Well, I think it just narrowing down like what, right? And also your why. So it's like really to me, it's like three buckets. It's like, why? What is your why? Why are you starting this business? And I don't mean like- Because I want to make money. Like, yeah, well, because <laughs> I want to work for myself. Like, yes, but tell me like, why do should people care? And then like, who are you building this business for? Like, who are you going to talk to? And then where is this product going to live? Is it going to, you know, if you're like a digital course creator, okay, it's going to live on the internet or like, is it going to live on Teachable? Is it going to live on Entreport? Is it going to live on Kajabi? Like where? And just like that destination. And then once you have that, to me, honestly, that is like everything else comes from there. Because if you know like what your why is, that's all your marketing messages right there. All of your copy for all of your Instagram posts or like the rest of the year come from that. You just say the same things over and over in different ways, Right. So really knowing what you're about. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall. You know, like, oh, let me see. Will this work if I say it this way? No, like, what do you stand for? (laughs) Right? Like your messaging is very clear, like who you're talking to and what you stand for. There's no confusion. So I like to remind everyone that if you confuse, you lose. Mm, Right? Please don't try to have a product for everybody. (laughs) So I feel like once you have that, then you're on your way. And then I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but like, you know, understanding what's out there already, how you're going to fit in, how you're going to differentiate yourself. Like, why should I come and take your course over someone else's course? Like, oh, well, because Janice is like doing this specific thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's actually teaching like blogging, like that's very unique and to the Latino community, right? So who, I don't know who else is doing that. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I haven't found right? them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think those are the things, right? Like, please do not create like a, a product or brand like in a vacuum. Because that's not actually how the world works. We all live in the world together and consumers have to make thousands and thousands of decisions a day. Like you need to have a clear reason to exist and speak to someone clearly. Mm-hmm. And then don't worry about the money, like the, the money, you will find the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would also add in there, like, don't project limiting beliefs that you have about your customer into your product, because that's how you end up charging not enough to actually make your business a sustainable business. Yes, 1000% hallelujah and amen. <laughs> Please stay out of your customers' pockets, right? Mm. Like that happens so much, especially in our community where people are like, well, or I've had like other Latinas say, well, I'm building my product. They want to build a Latino product, but they're like, but it's really not going to be Latinos buying it because it's expensive. So it's really going to be like white people buying it. And then we're going to like give back to Latino communities. I'm like, I can't buy your expensive Latino product. Like <laughs> what? Stay out of your customers' pockets. Don't just generalize and say like, again, it's like this assumption that somehow we're all the same and we're all poor and we're all broke. And it's, yeah. And really just build for where you're trying to go. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I love like that. Like a GPS, like a GPS, put the GPS in your brain and then go there. Like <laughs> you, we don't just get in the car and like aimlessly drive, right? Like we <laughs> type in a, an address. So it's the same thing. Like where are you trying to go? And really you have to allow yourself to dream big. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So I'm a big believer in mindset and manifestation and just putting out the vibes into the universe that you want to attract. I'm curious if you have some sort of money mantra or business mantra or affirmation that you practice and you believe uh, that you'd love to share. I have like 5,000 mantras. Okay. How long do we <laughs> I have? I love okay. it. <laughs> okay. I literally have, okay. First of all, I have post-it notes all over my house. I love that. Because I really believe, again, like you have to flood your brain with who you want to become, right? With all the possibility, right? Because otherwise we can fall into these like negative thought loops that just spiral downwards. Like I'm never going to have money. Like, and I still find myself in these, right? Like I still catch myself in these like negative thought loops. Like money just always slips through my fingers, mm. right? Because I've been saying that like my whole life, mm -hmm. right? Like I can never hold on to it. So, so many mantras. I guess my favorite one is everything I want is already mine. I give love and gratitude for it. Mm. So that's really about, again, all the things that you want, whatever you want. You want a new house. You want a beach house. You want a thriving business. You want to quit your job. Whatever it is, like it's already yours. Let's go ahead and get excited that it's already yours. And let's be thankful that it's already yours, right? So that's that exercise. Then I have another one that is just says like, it is my time and I'm ready for the next step. Ooh, yes. And that is, again, like people say they want to start a business, but I'm like, okay, but what you going to do about it? <laughs> what step are we taking today? Yeah. Okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me one to three things we're going to do today. Whether you read an article about like how to start a business, whether you took a class, whether you read a book, tell me what we're going to do today. You can't just sit around wanting things. What mm. are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And then I have another one that just says like, I am on my way mm -hmm. because I have to remind myself that we get so bogged down in like the day to day and it feels like we're not actually going anywhere because like literally I'm just always sitting in my house. <laughs> so I physically feel like I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> but we are right. So I'm doing things today that are actually pushing me forward, right? So reminding myself that I am on my way. Is it happening today? Is everything that I want happening today? No, but I am on my way, right? So those are just three. <laughs> I absolutely love them all. And I think especially the last one, it's so important that we do that reflection and we zoom out, right? Because the day-to-day -day minutia can feel like you're not making any progress. But yes. when you really take a look at like where you were in November of 2020, starting this fucking business. No, that no. Now we are here in May when no. we're recording this of 2022. And it's just yeah. like, how is this real yes. life? <laughs> how is this life? I mean, literally, where was I in November 2020? I'll tell you, I was in the freezer at Whole Foods working for Van Leeuwen ice cream. Like, wow. Like climbing over pallets and like stocking <laughs> shelves. That's what I was doing. Okay. And now I'm on this podcast with, with you. Okay. <laughs> so, but again, like that was a lot of time that passed. This is not like overnight. Right. So it's so important to document. And also like, you know, I was raised, my father was a homicide detective. Wow. And which is like, yeah, really gnarly. <laughs> and but one of the things that he taught me is to document because he was like, this is how we win cases is because like the criminals, they don't keep track of what they're doing. And we do. <laughs> and so that's how we win. So he taught me this thing of like always document. And I actually carried over like into all of my life, you know, whether you journal, whether you write yourself an email every day, whether you write a letter to yourself. I'm a big fan of like writing letters to your future Ooh, self, that. write a letter to your future self in 90 days. What is your what did you do? What does your life look like? And documenting all of the wins, like you said, and small or large, right? It doesn't have to be big, but like what progress did you make? Yeah. All right. So what is next for you and Nopalera? Let us know. Yes. Well, honestly, talk about like not playing small anymore. 
Last year, I had the fortune of being in the Credo Beauty Founders of Color for Change cohort, which is a five-month program that culminated into pitching to like VCs, venture capitalists. And so it was a great opportunity. And I met a bunch of venture capitalists. Um, At that time, I wasn't ready. But at that time, I was like, I want to ask for 250K. That sounds like a lot of money. Okay. (laughs) You know what? We are asking for a million now. Yes. So I am now in the process. I like, I worked on my deck. I've like, you know what? Why was I asking for so little like we need a million to give us an 18 month runway. I am officially going to start going and getting this money somehow. And so I'm trying to get this money by September. So that's what's immediately next. I don't know when this episode is going to air, <laughs> but I'm immediately starting to connect with, I really want women of color on my cap table, ideally, and people that can be thought partners. So that's the big thing that's next. And there's other things that are also exciting. I just found out my I'm going to be in the New York Times this Sunday. Oh my gosh, yes, congratulations. Yes, thank you. So I'm going to be in the the Sunday routine section. You know, they like, they follow around a New Yorker. Like, what is your Sunday like? Oh, that is so and cool. Was, <laughs> yeah. And when they first wrote to me to ask me, I, they were like, so yeah, what is your Sunday like? I was like, I work. I was like, I cannot show this. I have to really like go and do stuff. So it actually forced me to leave the house. So it was good. Um, so anyway, you know, fun things like that are happening. But the big thing is like, we need like big cash infusion to really help the scale because we have so many opportunities in front of us and like taking these like little working capital loans is like not enough anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible to be in that place where now you're thinking about that. And I think it's just important to remind everybody like this all started with an idea. So if you have an idea and it's that thing that keeps you up at night, stop trying to shut that shit off. Mm -hmm. Give Mm -hmm. yourself and your idea like the honor of following through and seeing where it goes. Because that is like, I truly believe that's like divine intervention. There are messages that we have to download from the universe and we just need to stop ignoring. Exactly. Yes. You have this idea for a reason. It was given to you for a reason. And I also, I love that. And I also just want to add on top of that, like you can have more than one idea. Yes. Not all of them have to work. Like, listen, I was a musician for for 15 years. Not every song I wrote was on Breaking Bad. Not every song I wrote was great. Not every show I played was great, but some were. But the thing is like, please do not like give up on yourself because your first idea did not go how you wanted it to. Mm. You know, people, all the entrepreneurs like mega moguls, they're only there because they survived failures because things did not work out and they kept going. Look at all the sharks on Shark Tank. (laughs) Not every idea that they had was great. Absolutely. So I just want to encourage people like, yes, follow through on your ideas and follow through on all of them on the next one and the next one and the next one. I don't care how old you are. (laughs) I love that. Sandra, for folks that want to find out more about you, your business, I know you have a new podcast. Mm -hmm. You have so many things going on. So tell us where we can find you and continue to follow your journey. Yes. Well, you can find Nopalera, you know, on the internet, pretty much everywhere. So nopalera.co is our Instagram handle. It's also our website. And then me personally, I just launched my personal website because I have a private newsletter for entrepreneurs where I tell them like real talk and resources. So that's my full long name, which is Sandra Lilia Velasquez, which you can just find from the link of my personal Instagram official SLV because those are my initials. And then, yeah, I think that's where you can find me. You can also find me on Spotify and YouTube, but you don't, we don't need to go into the Okay. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to make sure to link all of that in the episode show notes. And I think these conversations that we have on this podcast, especially with Latina entrepreneurs, are so important because of things that we still have to break through in our community. I was reading an article the other day that said that the three wealthiest Latinas are Gloria Stefan, Shakira, and J-Lo. Yeah. And I'm like, can we do something other than like 
shaking her asses and singing some nice songs and being at the top of the Forbes mm-hmm. list. Like, mm-hmm. can we do that? And so I think the more that we have representation in these spaces mm-hmm. and we normalize what it is to be wealthy outside of being someone who just entertains, I think mm-hmm. it just expands mm-hmm. the possibility of what we think we can do mm-hmm. as women, as Latinas. A hundred percent. Yes. And I just want to thank you, right, publicly, right, for what you're doing, because you are unapologetic, you know, in everything that you do. And we need that, right? Because that is what awakens the courageous spirit in other people. They're like, okay, she's just telling like it is. Okay, let me do that too. You know, (laughs) and just showing like, yeah, I used to, I thought that I was going to be this in my life. I got that corporate job. I did that. And then I was like, oh, is this it? You know, let me just do something else. And that you can change your life and you don't need anyone's permission to do it. No one's going to come and rescue you. No one's coming to save us. No one's going to give you permission. Like you just decide, like, this is your life. And think about all the people that you can help, right? When you reach your results, right? Mm. It's not just about like us building wealth and we're going to like, just like live on our, in our mansion, which by the way, that's totally fine too. (laughs) But all the different things that you can do and help, right? Other people, once you get there, like yeah. that to me is like so exciting, right? Mm. What we're going to do with the results. I am so excited to continue to follow your journey. Just know that you are a huge inspiration, not only to myself, but to so many people in our community. So keep kicking ass. We are all rooting for your Listen, success. Game recognized game, Janice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, 
inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.